Founder, we're on a mission to democratize entrepreneurial education and on the way to building one of the largest online schools in the world for entrepreneurs. We interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it so you can too. However, in this series, we're working with our students in the community who are deep within the process of building their own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow who have stood where you are and on the way to building the business of their dreams. Now, before we jump in, our lawyers have told us to tell you this. Of course, we can't guarantee you'll have the results like some of the stories we're about to share. And as you know, with any business, it's a lot of hard work in addition to completing any online course. With that said, welcome to From Zero to Founder. Molly here. I'm the community manager for Founder Magazine and welcome to the series From Zero to Founder. I'm really excited to sit down with Sam today, who is the co-founder of Naked Sundays. She has gone from zero to six figures in one month. It's such an incredible story. So let's get into it. Hey, Sam, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to speak more to you about your journey and the business and how Start and Scale has really helped you grow. I guess to begin, why not introduce yourself, talk a little bit about your business and where you're located. Sure, Molly. So um, my name's Samantha and I'm the uh, co-founder of a brand called Naked Sundays and it is SBF centric. So um, we really set out to change the conversation around sunscreen. Sunscreen is typically white, sticky, boring, not cool for your handbag, definitely not something you'd put on a shelfie hashtag for Instagram. So not Insta worthy. And it was just this big challenge that my husband sort of set me he well he, he sort of came up with this concept he's he's like I can't, you know he, he plays golf and he's outdoors all the time and he just hated sunscreen it's like why is there no cool sunscreens and I was like he talked to me about it for a couple of months and he kept saying it and I was like he goes I'm gonna do something about it and I said hang on a second you know nothing about branding and fun beauty products let me see if I can come up with something and so he sort of handed it over to me and I um, worked on it for about a year and a half and it was just a long but exciting process. It was a steep learning curve. Um, and yeah, and, and I just, I came up with this concept of Naked Sundays, which is um, on Sunday, you let your own natural skin shine um, and you're not wearing makeup and you're not wearing high heels. You're just yourself, your, your authentic self. And so I wanted these products to reflect being your authentic, cool self as much as possible. So that is reflected in the branding, the tone, um, the way you use the product, which is, you know, over your makeup or on its own, like it gives you the, it's a, it's a everything. So it's your moisturizer, it's your serum, it's your sunscreen it's everything in one so making sunscreen cool and simple is is the simple answer no i i really love that and i think it's a really fun idea especially because as you mentioned like sunscreen has so many like stereotypical like the feelings gross it doesn't smell nice so i think you really kind of having that new aspect and new age aspect is really fun but you did also mention how your partner kind of was thinking about this idea is he in the business space already no, I mean, he, he's in finance. So like, I was just thinking to myself, well, that great. I'll have someone that helps me with finance. <laughs> um, so no, he, he wasn't, he, he is in a completely different industry. And my past is that when I was much, much younger um, and, and starting out, I'm a journalist. So when I was starting out in my career, I was always fascinated with beauty and 
I was able to do work experience as a beauty editor at magazines like Marie Claire and Vogue magazine. And it was just all uh, teen Vogue as well. And I went to New York and lived there for a bit. So I was always just fascinated. And as a woman, you know, we all love beauty products. We spend so much money on them. So <laughs> it's good if we know as much as possible. So no, my husband is not in that space at all. But it was actually him and his brother. They were just obsessed with like seeing if they could make a cool sunscreen. And you know, even when I started talking to them about my ideas, they were like, oh no, that's not going to work. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's make it, you know, um, you know, let's make it black and white. Like they, you know, they just, I, I guess neither of them are on Instagram and they have no idea about this new kind of fun world we're all in and that we enjoy so much and where really the purchase power is and where you can create whole businesses. So, um, but yeah, it, it was sort of around that time that, I think I started following Greta to, um, to, I started following her journey and I started listening to absolutely everything that her and Nathan have ever said. And I started just obsessively listening to their YouTube videos, their podcasts, even if they were guests on a podcast, like I would Google Nathan and just listen to him being a guest on a podcast about Hellfish or about his magazine or about like, growing your Instagram. Like I just started obsessively listening to absolutely every nugget of information. And I just, just started loving everything they're saying. And it's not that I followed a formula, sorry to say, but it's that I consumed all this information. And then I did the course as well. The founder course that I, the start and scale course, it wasn't that I followed it you know, I look at the forum and a lot of people are like, okay, I'm on stage one. Now I'm doing this. I didn't do that. I consumed every bit of knowledge that I could. And then I put it to one side and I said, right, what do I need to do? And, and I sort of looked at it as a holistic thing. And I was like, okay. And, and I would remember little things that Greta would have said maybe two years ago, or Nathan said about Hellfish or, you know, I just, I, 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 and I picked up these little things and I created my own blueprint really and and I sort of followed that and I I ended up I spoke to a business coach recently and just to ask questions about you know expanding in the next step and she said to me if anyone ever asks you how you did it because she's like this is incredible I mean the company's only been around for less than two months she said if anyone ever asks you tell them that it was built on energy she said I can't pinpoint one or two things that you did this is this is energy. She said, you came with to it with this energy. And I feel like the energy was definitely brought on by like having like Greta and Nathan. And I'm not exaggerating. Like these have been my mentors, even though they don't know it. Um, Nathan doesn't know me, but um, you know, just having like their knowledge and insights in the back of my mind. And it's not only them. I started consuming every single beauty brand building podcast launch Shopify that I could find. And I did this for months and months. And, and someone even today, they said to me, you know, I'm launching a product next week. Um, you know, we've just started our Instagram. I was like, what? Naked Sunday's Instagram. The minute my husband said to me, let's do a cool sunscreen. I started mood boarding that and Pinteresting it and finding cool looks and inspirations and started formulating the concepts in my head. You can't, Molly, you know this, but you can't, you can't start Instagram the week before you launch. That's just not how it, it's not how Greta would, would do it. <laughs> 
No, very true. And I love that you've taken like so much self-education and actually like what you said, you created your own blueprint, which I think is amazing because there is no one recipe to success. You know, it's a step-by-step process. And I think it's great that, you know, you found what's worked for you. And I guess prior to, you know, you absorbing all this information, have you always had a, a, like an insight or an inkling that you wanted to be your own boss, that you wanted to have your own company or was this just something that, you know, you really found that you kind of gravitated towards? This is a great question. Yeah. So I, I'm a full-time journalist um, and I rarely have any time to do anything else. And, um, and this just totally came out of the blue and, you know, I work midnight weekends on this and, you know, all hours of the night, but um, you know, I have a young daughter now she's four and I was thinking about it today. I just, it just is really nice to have something of your own, I think. And you know, I look at all the people on the start and scale Facebook page and they're so excited to start their own thing. And it's just like that first step towards, I guess, being your own boss. Definitely. And I think that's very exciting that, you know, especially having a young daughter, that it could be an opportunity where you might be able to, you know, not work as many hours or have that opportunity in the future, which is really exciting. And I know a lot of young entrepreneurs or even just anyone that's looking to get into business that can kind of be a big motivator for them. Is that something that's motivating you now as well to, you know, try and spend more time with your daughter as she is quite, quite young? Absolutely. Yes, exactly. And yeah, <laughs> my friends said to me, what are your two goals? And I was like, buy a car, spend more time with my daughter. So <laughs> yeah, I have been spending more time with her. Um, she's very into sunscreen. Um, yeah, she just loves sunscreen now, which, you know, and that is the whole key um, to this brand. It's getting people who usually hate sunscreen to love sunscreen, even if yes. they're four years old. which I think is incredible because like when I was younger I remember it was like oh like a chore to have to put on your sunscreen whereas now you're kind of creating a more fun branding approach and I'd love to talk to you more about you know you came up with this idea what was the next steps after that what what did you do to make it a reality okay so um so we came up with the idea and then the next step was how in the world does one make sunscreen um yeah still a challenge but um you know you quickly learn that there's tga approvals and there's um certain ingredients that you can and can't put in but i always wanted to make sure that we had um you know i call them skin loving antioxidants but that i did a survey of about 500 millennials and i found that the top three things they don't like about sunscreen is that it's white it's sticky and it's bad for the skin essentially so i wanted to make sunscreen that wasn't white wasn't sticky and was good for your skin and so i went to a manufacturer and there aren't that many in australia that make sunscreen and they're huge moqs so huge minimum orders so you really got to know your stuff you've really got to be ready for this sunscreen to enter into this market and um and i said what i wanted to make which was you know a mist to put over your makeup so that you can spray your sunscreen on and still be at work or still be outdoors or whatever women um, are doing with their day and not have to have white sticky touch their face you know I just wanted to spray set dry boom you're off and the manufacturers told me it couldn't be done and we tried and tested and this took about nine months and reiterated and then the smell because sunscreen smells and you've got to hide the smell but you don't want too much fragrance so it was a big process but in the end um you know I came up with something that I was really happy with and then it was COVID and then it was New Year and then it was um factories were shut and then and then and then and then but we ended up uh, 
able to launch in January. We, and it's now, for anyone listening to this, March. So that is two months ago. Which is such an incredible story and I'm very excited to touch upon that. But I guess going back to what you mentioned, because I do find it really fascinating, especially being an Australian. I know there's different standards for sunscreen because obviously, you know, there's different levels of UV rays and UVB rays and things like that. When you were educating yourself, was that a really hard learning curve to kind of battle with A, manufacturers and B, just trying to get the right balance of ingredients and products that aren't damaging to like your skin and your skincare routine, things like that? So the most important things for me was SPF 50 plus. Um, I definitely wanted that. And then I kind of knew what ingredients I wanted. So I decided that I wanted antioxidants. Um, I love watermelon extract because it's hydrating and it's moisturizing and it just smells really good. Um, I really wanted collagen because we're in this sort of Botox generation where young girls are thinking that, you know, Instagram filters is how they should look in real life and they're going for plastic surgery and injectables. And I thought if we could put collagen into the sunscreen, then that could smooth out wrinkles and prevent more sun damage and wrinkles and aging. Um, and they won't need Botox and filters. So I was like, okay, I want collagen in it. Collagen's animal derived. And I wanted definitely the sunscreens to be all 100% vegan. And so we created vegan collagen which like mimics the actions of real collagen but it's got smaller molecules that can actually be absorbed into the skin and so that was had to be created but I, I was very clear molly with exactly what ingredients i wanted because i'm a huge consumer of beauty so for me it was like i knew hyaluronic acid i knew i knew exactly what what ingredients i wanted it was just about me and the manufacturer coming together to work out exactly how we can put them in without compromising the spf um, and, you know, but once I was so clear on those things, it was just about creating it, um, which takes time and money and effort and patience. And that is how that came about. Which is super inspiring because um, I know it would have been a difficult front, I guess, to kind of make it 100% vegan and really kind of stay true to those kind of aspects. But I find it super interesting that your product in particular is so unique and your USP is almost like a setting spray for sunscreen, which is what most people in their beauty routine, I know I do, use already, which is a great way to incorporate sunscreen without even having a second thought. So I guess, was that always the idea to make it almost like a mist? It was never to be a cream or anything like that? Correct. So that was the first idea for this whole business um, when my husband sort of suggested it to me because I'm outdoors a lot for my job. And I wear a lot of makeup. And so, um, you know, the key for me was like, how do we create a sunscreen that you can put on without ruining your makeup? And same as you, I thought of a setting spray. And then I thought, well, what is if we can put this SPF into the setting spray? And there are brands that have done it in the US, um, but no one has done it in Australia and at least not well. And so um, when I came up with the list, when I came up with the ingredients and the formula that I wanted to use, uh, it was a challenge because even the ones in the US, like sunscreen, especially SPF 50 plus is very strong and you have to mask that strength of the sunscreen. It's not like putting on rose water, it's SPF 50 plus. And, you know, I, I've had to do a whole re-education of consumers to say, you know, this is not 
rose water. This is SPF 50 plus that you're putting on. So yes, it is strong, but you know, there are ways that we have sort of masked that through essential oils and, and, and all sorts of things. Just give it a go. And, you know, once you get used to it, it, it becomes part of your life. Like I started wearing mine at night. I was so addicted to it. And I was like, I've got something here when I started wearing it at night. Um, and some of my friends have told me they started wearing, we've got a cream as well, a collagen cream sunscreen. They've started wearing that at night too. They're like, when are you bringing out the night one? So I love the fact that it's become habits for people now. And not only are they thinking of it as sunscreen, but they're actually just liking the products and getting used to the way that we we're using them. So they want to wear them at night as well. <laughs> Which is amazing. Cause I say like, you know, those harmful rays can be on cloudy days. It can be you know, in any sort of environment. And I think also how you touched upon even younger kids wanting to put on their sunscreen is really, really special. And I think something that, you know, is a great, great win for you as, you know, a new business, because that can be a hard chore. And I'm sure you having a child can test it, testament to that. But um, I guess, so we've gone through the idea, we've gone through the manufacturing. How about the branding and design? How did you think of, you know, it's a gorgeous, almost like a lilac color, isn't it? How did you think of how you were actually going to portray it? So I always knew that I wanted to have a big logo on the side so that I always imagined people holding it on Instagram and spraying it and the big logo coming up on the side. Now that is a, I didn't realize a massive challenge for designers because bottles are small and it's hard to get your logo on in that way. And it's hard to make it look cool and different and interesting, um, you know, without having a bespoke bottle. And I went through every single different route on that on that um on those paths and you know I, I went through um multiple designers as well unfortunately um but yeah I met this amazing girl in San Francisco and she like gave me 10 options for designs and logos and one of them like right at the bottom was this holographic lilac cool different thing and I said I love that one it's singing to my heart and she said I hate it you're not using it and I said I waited a day and I wrote back and I said, it's singing to me. I absolutely love this. And when you see a design that sings to your heart, you're like, I'm just going to go with it. I said, listen, my gut is just saying this is it. And she's like, all right, rolling her eyes. But, <laughs> but um, you know, she loves it now, obviously. And, you know, it was skewing sort of young and we try to like, um, because these are very high-end products, even though we've tried to keep the price point manageable, so it was skewing young, but we shifted a few things around and we came up with the design and lilac was never, <laughs> was never my favorite color. It now thousand percent is. And it also came into the market at a time when lilac wasn't saturating Instagram. Pink was millennial pink. And I always thought it was going to be millennial pink, but we never went down that path. And yeah, lilac has become synonymous now with Naked Sundays. You know, we have like lilac sunsets and girls are painting their nails lilac and we've had an influencer today who, by the way, we don't pay these influencers. They just do this. An influencer today um, wearing purple, a lilac eyeshadow and tagging Naked Sundays and saying it's a Naked Sundays inspired look. I mean, it's, it's, it's cool. I love it. <laughs> that is really incredible. And I think that's so fun that like, you know, you had that design sing to you as well, which is very, very special and probably a bit unique. But from that design phase, how many samples did you get before you were really set on the finished product? Design samples are very hard to come by. And as anyone would know in the product space, 
getting your design sample means that you would have already probably had to, um, you know, pay your deposit down for your 10,000 bottles or whatever it is. So, I mean, in my hand designed the final thing, I don't think I even had it. I think it was in a photo. Wow, it's still too, that's amazing because like so many people too hard. Probably, yeah, they probably think no, I need to have that physical product in my hand. I need to see what it feels like. I will say, I will say and this is really important Molly, we had another designer who did another design and it was skin colored naked and a hot pink logo and it looked amazing on paper. Stunning. Absolutely beautiful. You'd see it and be like, this is the best design I've ever seen. And we did get samples, design samples of those. And it ended up looking like a male genitalia. And <laughs> we had to ditch the design. And yeah, so look, don't take my word for it when I say, by the time we got to this next design, I was like, I actually don't have time to sample. I don't have the patience. I can't wait a month for this. Let's just go. And thank goodness it worked. I mean, it very well could have. It very well would have stuffed up and then we would have been left with 10,000 bottles that we hate. But yeah. <laughs> no, that's such a great learning curve because I feel like sometimes, yeah, things look really good on paper. And then when you see it, you're like, oh, wait, that just doesn't really resonate with me or doesn't resonate with the idea that I had. So that's a really great tip. But I guess, okay, so we've talked about the design, we've talked about your manufacturing. Talk me through your first sale. How did that come about? Did you do a pre-launch phase or what, what was that story? This is the best story. So basically, okay, let's say we were supposed to launch, well, we were supposed to launch on the 1st of Feb. And so I set up the website and I did all myself, um, you know, just in Shopify. And, um, and I set up all the links and I just put the products up because I was like, well, no one knows this brand and no one knows what it is. So I didn't care. So I just put it all up and I was like, you know what, we'll launch on the 1st of Feb. And that was in my mind. And I told my team and my publicist and all those things. and. It was like the first week of Jan where an influencer got hold of the product and I think they may have posted about it, but I didn't see it. And suddenly I started getting DMs on Instagram going, oh my God, I need this now. When's it launching? And people started then buying. And I was like, what is going on? And I didn't know because I was like, what is going on? And then, so I had to quickly turn it off and I was like, what is going on? And then so I set up the thing on the Instagram. So I said to my publicist, I don't know what's going on, but like there's buzz starting and people were like saying, I need this spray. Like I'm urgently need the spray now. Can I buy it from you? And I was like, this is so weird. But I said to my publicist, I'm like, we need to bring this date forward. People can't wait three weeks. They need it today. And she said, all right, how about, you know, next, how about next Friday? And I said, oh, what about Monday? And she goes, Monday's not a good day for launching currently. Um, she goes, what about this Thursday? And it was Monday. And I said, in three days time. And she goes, yes. I go, all right, I'm ready. And all our products, thankfully, were at a pick and pack warehouse because I was planning on doing like a month of sending out to press and influencers, micro influencers. And I needed someone to send it all out for me. And <laughs> so it was all ready to go. Um, and so I was like, oh my God, Thursday. Okay. So I put a countdown on our Instagram and it said, you know, Nega Sundays is launching. I think it was the 19th of January. And you can click on Instagram to say, send me notifications of the launch. So click, 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 click. And I was like, who are these people? And there was hundreds of them. And then on Thursday, we launched at six at five. I'm getting DMs, Molly. I'm not, it was the weirdest thing. 
I can't wait for this launch. Oh my God. And then, so at like five to six, I like put the website live and it was like, and then I put the Shopify app on my phone and the, and the sound up. And every time you get a purchase on Shopify, you know, um, it goes ding. And so it went ding, ding, ding. And then for the next 48 hours, I was walking around like in shock. I was like, I was totally in shock. I was speechless. I was walking around going, how did this just happen? Like how, how? how do these people know about it how do they love it and it it was wonderful but it was a complete shock and yeah I was just so confused but and I guess like what did I do to get to that point I, I personally think and I could be wrong but I as I said to you I did spend a year on our Instagram building it refining it getting beautiful images um beautiful tiles just making sure that like it really reflected not only our brand, but also where we're at, you know, in this generational time of like, I was like anti the Botox generation and all for natural, fun, beautiful skin. And we really just honed in on that brand message. When we say we, it was me and my designer. And so we set that up and we, we you know, we got, um, you know, we did the whole like engaging with influencers that we thought would be good for the brand and, um, and then with the website, now people say that website is incredible. I mean, honestly, I just looked at websites. I liked, I love building websites. I'm like a closet website builder. So I looked at websites. I liked, I formulated the website, you know, I, I sent the products, which weren't even filled yet to a photographer in Perth that I found on Instagram. She did the most beautiful product shots. We didn't do the normal black, we didn't do the normal white background. We did water background and pink backgrounds and purple backgrounds and so it all just came up like I need this and then I don't even know anything about selling or bundles or whatever but I created a bundle for all the products and then I had a beautiful purse made and beautiful box branded boxes and the bundle was the number one seller and so everyone was just buying the bundle and then they would arrive and then people would post the bundle which is this beautiful like yellow box with like SPF is cool or whatever it says on it and this beautiful purse that says like ready, set, glow in holographic. And it just became a thing where like people needed it to post <laughs> and wear. And, and then they were writing reviews and then they were telling their friends and then it just spiraled. And then after one month, I, I remember having a goal in mind for like maybe the year or six months of like a number of a dollar figure. And then after one month, I hit that exact dollar figure. And I couldn't believe it. And I screen grabbed it and I sent it to you, Molly, because I'm like, you won't believe me. But the exact dollar figure, I was like, if I can make that in a year, I'll be happy. And then I was like, oh, maybe six months. And I was like, four weeks, um, we hit six figures. And I was like, this is, yeah, so cool. So I don't know what I did. But anyway, I, I think it's a combination of like really honing in on Instagram and our audience, really honing in on our messaging, branding, um, website, making the website super easy. I don't know if all the stuff I was listening to from Greta and Nathan and everyone else set in. Cause I'm like, how did I know? But I, I kind of knew, and I've been looking at other people's in, um, websites on the start and scale Facebook. And they're like, Oh, what do you think of my website? And I remember thinking to myself, you always need to have your products that people can buy up the front forget all the writing forget everything just here's the product and then you can read about it later and I don't know if that was a thing I listened to or like by osmosis kind of figured out but I just put all the products up the front up the top 
And so you get onto the website, you just click on it and you can buy it and you don't have to scroll, scroll, click, do it's just there. And I don't know. I just, I just, I just think if people are listening to this, you need to like, this isn't a quick fix. I'd spent honestly a year and a half learning and listening to every single possible thing. Even this morning, like on my walk, I go to the Shopify podcast and I listen, what's the latest app? How can I increase engagement? How can I make my website easier for people to use? Like I live and breathe this stuff. It's, it's not by chance. So I guess that, that would be my advice. Hey there, Nathan Chan here, see on publisher of Founder Magazine. If you're enjoying From Zero to Founder and you want to learn from some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, then I highly recommend you also subscribe and check out the Founder Podcast. We talk to some of the most successful people on the planet to discover how they're building their businesses. So you can take a front row seat as we go deep and we learn from some of the founders of brands like Netflix, Dropbox, Reebok, and so many more, and how they built these companies. You can find the Founder Magazine podcast with Nathan Chan on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe. All right, now let's get back into the show. You mentioned how, um, back at the start, you mentioned your Instagram and how you've been working on it for a year. How, how was that growth? Did you start a, a very slow growth and then how many followers you have now just boomed with launch? Or did you have a particular strategy of I'm going to reach X amount of followers before launch? I would like to have this by this like particular date. Or was it kind of just I'm going to keep setting up how I like it, the aesthetic that I like it, the theme, and we'll see what happens. A lot of people are obsessed with followers and like, oh, I don't have enough followers. And I agree. It, followers is really, really important, but it's also important to do it organically and as real as possible. So like I, I, I engaged in a competition recently and, you know, someone that works for me was like, oh, but isn't that buying followers? And I was like, we, we never buy followers. That's something we never do because every follower is a customer. And, and, and I don't even call them customers. They're our tribe. They're essentially like our people. So we never buy followers. We never do anything dodgy, but we do little things. Like we engage in competitions with like-minded brands. Like even today, one brand with similar follower numbers to me said, hey, let's do a competition. We get your follower, you know, you have to follow both brands and you can win. And those are the types of things that you need to search out for. And I really, so at first I just built it up organically. I had about 2000 followers on launch and And then as soon as we launched, I was able to engage really quickly in some competitions with like-minded brands. And so, you know, you just get the same amount of followers as you and you just join forces with them and you create a competition and you can win a free set of eyelashes or eye serum if you follow us, follow them and tag your bestie. And I just did a bunch of them in a row. And we got up to about maybe 6,000 followers. And after that, that enabled other people to look at our brand as an established brand and want to follow and be part of our story. And so then it just snowballed. Like I I watch it every minute of every day and we're just getting probably like, and it's not building fast, fast, but we're getting like maybe a thousand a week, which is for me from a brand that started nothing a month, two months ago, you know, a thousand, 2000 followers for me, that's, that's a great achievement. I don't want to grow I don't want to have any, as I say, people that are following that are not part of our tribe. If they follow, we want them engaged. We want them part of our tribe. We want them enjoying our content. We want them, um, we want them speaking to each other. And they are. They are speaking to each other, Molly. And so 
it's just, it needs to be authentic and genuine. And, you know, those are words that are bandied around. But I noticed when like I did a competition that wasn't authentic to our brand and we just did it because it may increase our engagement. I was secretly hoping that the competition would fail and it did. It did fail. The celebrity didn't end up posting. And I was like, thank goodness, because I actually got to a point where I was like, it's not about followers. It's about keeping your tribe engaged. And I think that's really important, especially, you know, coming a bit biased as a community manager myself, but actually establishing community community around a product or around a brand is really important because, you know, they're going to help each other and it's just going to create more success for you. And I, I think it's really great what you've done. And I know I've spoken to you, Sam, and I said, I have seen your product literally everywhere across social media. And it was crazy because when I connected that you were a student, my mind was just blown because you have done such great things. But you mentioned how you have, you had a strategy that you wanted to do with micro-influencers and then one influencer just purchased a product and it kind of boomed. Talk to me more about your, your influencer strategy now. Do you uh, seek paid or is it still micro versus macro? So when we first started, we did macro non-paid because I had connections um, or I knew people I was able to well I actually didn't do anything you know a lot of people bought it interestingly very interestingly and people still do who are like one major influencer just went and bought a whole bunch and I could see it don't tell anyone but obviously I can see it but um, I know who they are and I would wish they would like oh email me or text me and I'll just send them but they want to be I don't know, maybe they want to support or whatever it is, which is wonderful. So when I first started, I just decided, all right, let's get two, three major influencers um, on board. And um, I think it was, I think it was just a minimal fee for these ones, interestingly, because of the ones that we chose, even though they had a major following, but they have become our biggest ambassadors and they just buy the they're constantly they're buying they've gone through like four or five tubes and sprays major influences that we sent to i guess we've probably done four or five um paid now i love influences but i won't say the roi interestingly has been more with the um cheaper i don't want to say that word but cheaper influences the major ones are just I feel like they're just um, cementing the brand and yeah so I guess don't look at an influence and be like they have a million followers I'm going to pay them 10 grand and everything's going to be amazing in my business please because that is not the way this works and saying that though I didn't never pay 10 grand someone but let's say we paid a couple of grand and we didn't get any ROI we would get a hundred micro influencers contacting us saying, please send me products I'd love to post. So we got our return that way. And we've sent out to about maybe 200 micro influencers who create the most beautiful content and share it with their friends. And they honestly, if they do love the product, then they share that and they share it with their friends and their friends buy it. And that's, that's been really helpful. The major thing with sales has been Facebook um facebook i would say facebook advertising <laughs> i just got a friend to like put up a couple of um 
of our Instagram posts on Facebook. And that's how people have been finding us. So then they come onto the Instagram. Then they see, oh, that influencer is using it as well. It must be cool. Let me try it. And I think that's how we've really built our community. So it all feeds on each other. Does that make sense? Of course. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think it, it, it's great that they all work off the back of each other. And even how you mentioned earlier about your user experience, where you created this bundle, people open it. It's got like a really nice, I guess, tone of voice as well, which is really, really exciting. But I guess with uh, all of the different micro influencers, you said were creating really beautiful content. Are you repurposing that content? I guess your user generated content or the, the reviews you get to help push those Facebook ads and help you scale even more, or is it just the Instagram posts that you're pushing and promoting? When we first started, uh, like <laughs> four weeks ago, um, we were um, so excited by our micro influencer content that we would instantly repurpose them and push them out on Facebook. Um, but now we're getting so much of it that it's pretty hard for us to keep repurposing and keep, and we haven't even repurposed reviews or anything like that. So no, but the things that we find are the most successful on Facebook are actually our info graphs, we call them or info info graphics, I should say. Um, and what it is, is it's just a picture of the product and words on the screen saying what ingredients they are and what they do. And you'll notice them as soon as you hit our Instagram, which is naked underscore Sundays. They're the ones that get the most likes, get the most follows and get the most clicks on Facebook as well. Very, very interesting. And I, I think that's really kind of special how, you know, four weeks ago you say you launched and now you're just getting flooded and inundated with so much love, which is probably very exciting for a co-founder. Six, six, six weeks ago. <laughs> six weeks, six ago. weeks ago. Sorry, the extra two. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I will say, Molly, as well, we don't spend a heap of money on Facebook ads. Um, so... I just want to make that clear. It's just, you know, just to get, I mean, we've started with zero. We started with zero people on Facebook and zero people on Instagram. So it's just to get people to know our brand. We have, um, we have put a little bit of money behind Facebook. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I guess, so you mentioned a goal that you kicked, which is absolutely incredible. Zero to six figures in basically a month. Talk me through the feeling of, I guess, already kicking a major milestone for you. What would be your next goal? So the feeling of kicking that milestone was like shock. <laughs> and then the next goal is to just keep up that momentum. So creating more products, more SKUs, um, getting getting more engagement, getting a bigger Instagram following, getting more influencers to come on board as brand ambassadors, um, getting programs in place so that people are able to continue to get their um, the sunscreen that they've been using every day that we don't sell out instantly, which, yeah, that has been like a good but bad problem. Um, I mean, we've been sold out of our bundle since 48 hours after we launched. We've been sold out of our bundle and we will finally get more in next week but to even get them in has just been you know these things are long lead times so just making sure that those processes are in place so it becomes less fun and more business hat now mm -hmm, definitely and you mentioned how you sold out the bundle in 48 hours may i ask how much stock you had to begin with i think i had a thousand bundles to begin with um which was the bag the brush and the two hero products sold out in 48 hours and then um we have 5000 so we have 10000 um products which have basically sold out now so we're trying to 
urgently get our next run in. So basically it just, it just flew off the shelves. I've never seen anything like it. I had no idea. So crazy and so inspiring, I must say. And I guess that's kind of like, as you mentioned, like a shocking and surreal feeling. And what advice would you give to someone that might be in the position or listening to this thinking, wow, this seems too good to be true. How can I make this a reality for me? So I really think the big question, and I remember people writing on the Sun Scale Facebook page was like, can everyone validate my product? Can everyone answer this questionnaire? And I skipped that step. Um, honestly, I launched and I was like, oh my God, does anyone even need this? It was, I don't know, Molly. I mean, I knew I needed it. I gave it to a couple of my friends. They all loved it. But I did skip that step. And I would say, do not skip that step. It is so important. Luckily, I got validated in the first 24 hours. Otherwise, to be honest, today we might have closed down you know like we might not have continued and do it before you launch because obviously these things are really expensive and they take a lot of effort and and heart and soul into all these things so how can you do it so i would say make sure your product is validated make sure you consume every single possible thing that you can and not just about your product and your product market but about how to engage with influencers how to build an instagram how to build a shopify what apps are important which apps can help you scale up which 3pl could be the best in your area i mean that took me months that took me four months to find a a warehouse that could ship, pick and pack what boxes are going to be the best for you is your product going to break in transit i know greta talks a lot about like how much shipping is going to be and you know the product needs to be small enough to be less than you know 500 grams whatever it's like all that stuff i researched like like a bee like a, like a bitch i just literally was like i, I just gotta learn this shit i would go to the post office every day for like two months just weighing things and looking at different boxes and think every single aspect i learned facebook ads i learned instagram ads i learned everything that, that could be I, I i made sure that i am across and still learning every single day and so do not think i have a great idea i'm going to be successful i mean i hope you are but it wasn't the great idea it was it's everything around it it's the fact that our bundles are insta-worthy, that people are photographing themselves, opening our cool, gorgeous design boxes and wanting to put that on Instagram. And then everyone on Instagram is wanting to have that same unboxing experience that got us off the ground in the first place. It wasn't just because they wanted sunscreen. Now they do. <laughs> now they know it's cool. But um, it's just so many factors, you know, Molly. I just think... I see all these people, you know, starting, like saying we're starting out and they're all so excited and you must be excited, but please do the work, do the work. You need to know how your Shopify site runs from back to front, every app, how to change your logo, because I'm changing that website hourly, minute by minute. Sometimes people are like, Hey, I can't, I can't buy this or I can't do that. I'm the one who's going in there and going, boop. I can't wait for a developer in three weeks time to go, Oh yeah, I just got to your job now. Like these people are buying now and then customer service. I, I do everything right now, but I sit on customer service, you know, all night, like answering people's emails and Instagrams and just making sure that they're happy, <laughs> happy customers. Which is incredible. And, you know, 
I think the main point to take away, I guess, is what you were stressing just then is don't skip the little things because the little things equate to the big things, right? Right. Now, the, the other thing, I, you know, I love you guys and Start and Scale, but the thing is pick and choose. Like I've decided not to bother with email marketing. I've decided at the moment, I've decided not to bother with SEO. I've decided not to bother with Google ads. Like pick and choose what you think. You, you can't like, you can't be doing every single little thing you know, pick and choose like, and then, and then laser focus. Like I'm laser focused on Instagram and Facebook laser. That's it. And custom service. People are like, Oh, your SEO and this, that, even, you know, nah. And, and I've got people that I've researched and, you know, they're in the back of my mind and I have their quotes and they're ready to go, but that's, you know, we're not focusing. And I do speak to people who have just started out and they say, I spent all this money on SEO Spend the money on an influencer. Spend the money on a graphic designer to make you beautiful tiles for your Instagram. I don't know. Personally, that is how I've done it. Um, and, and I'll stand by that. I, we don't waste hours on end every week writing extensive newsletters at the moment because our tribe is not on email that much. They're on Instagram. We write to them every, every uh, twice a day on Instagram. So, you know, an extra email from us at the moment is not where I want to put my time. So I think, you know, allocating your time and laser focusing on where your audience is and what they want to hear. Um, for now, you can, you can always build on that stuff. Like email marketing is not going anywhere. Our list, that's another thing I should tell you. Um, I never understood, you know, build the email list. Like I never understood that. And Yet I just managed to somehow build and actually I should mention this, our email list on launch day was 2000 and that's where most of our sales did come from actually, now that I think about it. Um, I did have a one email, a welcome email um, and I sent it out at five to six and they all got their discount code and that was really helpful. So um, building that email list is important and now that's built organically. So we have doubled, tripled that list now um, and I've yet to use it. And you know what, Molly, I'll launch a product in two months time and I'll use that list. Like I'm so careful with using that list because I don't know if you're like me, but I hate getting emails all the time. <laughs> so, um, you know, and you only read one in 10. So I figure if I just send one email every few months, hopefully people will read it. Yeah. And I think it's really good that you have something in your back pocket as well, because I know, as you just touched upon then, sometimes it can be almost a little bit too spammy and disingenuine if you are kind of sending out multiple emails per day. So I think it's great that you've developed almost like a new age strategy to speak to your consumers, because if they are on Instagram, that's something that an app that is used quite a lot. I think it's a great way to kind of, you know, speak to them and not have to send out multiple emails. But you did mention Greta's learnings throughout like the course. What would you say is the biggest key takeaway or strategy that you've implemented that's really helped you succeed? So I think that there's three things um, which I tell people, you know, when they say to me, oh, I've got my business. I say, okay, number one, let's look at your Instagram feed and let's make it stunning. Number two, product photography needs to be insane because that is across your Instagram, your Facebook ads, um, and your website. And people need to come to that website and be like, wow, I want to buy these products and click on it. It's so simple. So um, your Instagram, your brand photography, and just a really simple, easy to use website. I think those are my three things. Amazing. Amazing advice and amazing top three. And I guess uh, describe where your business is at now currently and you know where you hope to be 
maybe in a month's time? You mentioned you might want to get a few more products. What's that looking like for you? In a month's time. <laughs> These it things could be a take month. It could be years. <laughs> I wish. I, I, I'm like praying, like, please, may my new stock come in a month's time, but it's not going to happen. Um, so obviously we launched and grew really, really, really quickly from zero to hero. And, um, and now it's obviously sustaining that in six months time, I want to have, um, four new SKUs, which are in the works, um, a major retailer, which is in the works. Um, and in a year's time, expand overseas and just keep, just keep the core, the core of it, which is, I mean, our core thing is like making sunscreen simple and cool and easy to use. Which I love. And they're great goals to have too, because they're so on so many different levels. And I think that's really great that you're breaking them up and you actually do, you know, considering how, how fast you've grown, I don't think a month to get your new stock is that, <laughs> that crazy of an idea. Cause I feel like everything's really lining up for you, but you have done the hard work. And I guess working towards wrapping up here, if there is an entrepreneur listening to this, what would be the one key bit of advice that you wish you heard when you were starting? Everything takes really, really, really long. So like my thing in my head was like, okay, products arrive on Monday, on Friday, I start selling on Monday. No, no, no. Products arrive in the country on Friday. You have another month of like you know customs and then you have another month of putting them in this warehouse and then you have another month of photographing and setting up the website so it's not like the products arrive and you start selling i mean i hope you do but that's not the case so planning ahead in advance and when i finally realized that molly because products arrived ready to go i think first week of jan and when i finally said to myself we're not rushing i'm going to give another month till we launch that was when the magic started to happen. That was when we were able to set up the bundles, do the website, like set up everything really well so that it was all beautiful and perfect. There was no rush. And so as much as we all want to do things yesterday, just remember, just once the products are ready, give it a month before you set your launch date, a month, you know? And I think that I read it somewhere. Someone said, oh, once the products launch, we read, we, once the products arrive, we launched in a month. And I was like, oh, Oh, okay, not the next day, a month, give it a month. So again, like my new SKUs like arrive on the, at the last week of April and someone's like, when is it ready? And I said, last week of April. I'm like, no, 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 last week of May. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just calm down everyone. Things aren't running away. There's always room for everyone. And please, everyone, please. There are a million sunscreen brands. I don't care which one you use as long as you use sunscreen. There are going to be a million brands, whatever you do as well. There is room for everyone at the top. They, all of us have a go. We're not in competition. We're all in this together. And the quicker we all say that to ourselves, the quicker that becomes a reality. I think that's really great advice. And I think, I guess you, everyone wants to come out of the gate just running full steam ahead. And I think it's really great to kind of take a step back and, and consider that you do have options that you don't need to, to launch straight away, like you said. But, you know, I'm, I'm super impressed with the amount of just success that you've had in such a short period of time. And I'm sure everyone listening to this will probably agree with me. But before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would like to add on to your story or about your amazing, incredible journey with Naked Sundays? 
I think my, my main thing of advice is you don't need the biggest PR agency or the best Facebook ads person or like a big design agency that's going to take your brand and, and do something with it. That's not how we did this. These are my core group of friends and colleagues. Um, all of them are full-time jobs. They all work on it overnight. Um, you know, at all hours of the night, we're WhatsApping each other at two o'clock in the morning um, and and we're onto it. And, and I think so from design to um, Facebook to Instagram um, to even my person that's come on as general manager, she's just my best mate who's super smart and switched on and has just taken over that role. Um, and and that's how I've done it. So I've done it just keeping the group really small. They're all contractors. There's no full time because, you know, we can't afford it at this stage, obviously. And they just work really hard and they're working above and beyond because they want to, because they want to be in it. So, oh, that's what, this is the point I'm getting at. Creating a culture where people share your vision and your message as opposed to hiring staff and agencies that are just doing it as another job. These girls work on Naked Sundays every day like it's their own. And I just love that. I just love seeing these people just work on it because they like it and they share the vision. And, yeah, I think that's been a real key. So if you can find people that are like, like-minded like you, like your tribe, you know, people that have other jobs that might want to work on it on the side and just really help you get it to where it needs to be, then you can hire the big agencies. Then you can get the best marketing firms and design firms in the world to help you out but until then find people that want to work on it because they share your vision I think that's really important and I think having passion behind what you do every day just makes it not even feel like a job and I think that's where you know you were trying to go with that and I really appreciate all of the amazing insights that you have shared with me today as well as sharing your journey with Naked Sundays and yeah I just I really thank you for sitting down and taking the time to speak with me today thanks Molly Hey guys, we hope you're loving From Zero to Founder and you're getting a ton of value from it. If you want to access the exact free training that led today's founder to where they are now, head to founder.com or head to the link in the show notes.